I want to tell you, y'all been, some people in here have been coming and asking me for more church. We're going to give you some today. We're going to have a little tag team preaching in God's house today. We ain't done that in a while. Amen. But I'm excited about this young man who's about to come to this podium. I know he's been working hard on his, what the Lord has placed on his heart today. And uh, he's been out for six months or so on Tuesday nights uh, because of schooling for his electrical job. Amen. So we're putting him in on Sunday this week. Amen. And we're going to have a time in the Lord. How many is going to get behind Brother Caleb today as he comes to bring the word of the Lord? Amen. And then when he's done, I'm going to follow right up behind him. We'll give the devil a big one-two today. We have some tag team preaching in the house. How, how many is excited to be in the house of the Lord today? Praise the Lord, church. Come on. Praise the Lord, church. Come on, you can do better than that. Am I in an apostolic church? Praise the Lord, church. Amen. So great to be in the house of the Lord today on this beautiful Sunday evening, afternoon. Uh, Has anyone come in here to hear the word of the Lord? Has anyone come into this house to lift up the name of Jesus? I don't know what your Bible says, but my Bible says... Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that had made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and his sheep of his pasture. Enter in his gates with thanksgiving and enter his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Let's give God a great hand clap of praise. Come today to give you the word of what God has given me to preach to you. I want to thank Pastor Pastor for giving me this special opportunity to preach on a Sunday. I'm just so thankful to be in God's house. Amen. Who's thankful for our pastor? Who's thankful for this great leadership? This church is just a four and a half year old church. And what we have going on in this place is nothing but God. If you have your Bibles, let's turn to Numbers chapter 19. Numbers chapter 19. There's a clear indication that the Holy Ghost is in here. It's here to help somebody. It's here to change somebody. We've danced, we've shouted, we've talked in tongues, but... The Lord ain't done in this place. Now, if you're hungry, you can leave in the fear of the Lord. But for those that are hungry for a move of the Holy Ghost, we're going to stick around for a little bit. If this is your first time in the house of the Lord, I just want to let you know that I'm sorry. I'm sorry that we weren't crazier than what we were. I'm just joking. We're going to have a good time today, amen. But what you're experiencing today is nothing but but God. It's all in the word of God. Let's get into the word of the Lord. Numbers chapter 19 and verse 14, it reads like this. This is the law with when a man dieth in a tent, all that cometh into the tent and all that is in the tent shall be unclean seven days. And every open vessel which had no covering bound upon it, it is unclean and whatsoever toucheth 
one that is slain with a sword in the open fields, or a dead body, or a bone of a man, or of a grave shall be unclean seven days. This is how God is going through what would be considered clean and unclean. He said, don't touch bodies and don't touch bones because you'll be unclean. So if the Lord will help us for just a little bit, I want to preach on this simple topic, the man named Jesus. We can close our eyes, lay our Bibles down, and let's lift up our hands and let's lift up our voices to the Lord. Lord, we come before you today on this beautiful Sunday morning and afternoon to praise you and to lift your name, Jesus. Lord, let the Holy Ghost pour out over this congregation, Lord. Let it prick somebody's heart. Let it touch somebody's soul, Jesus. Lord, open somebody's mind and ears to hear the word that you have prepared in my heart, Lord. Lord, speak through me. Lord, let me be a willing vessel. Let me be that conduit to reach somebody. In Jesus' name, you may be seated. This is a very broad subject, but would you buckle up and ride with me for a little? The book of Numbers is interesting in many aspects of the word. It's a book of order. God is bringing order to his people. God gave his people liberty, and now they must learn how to live a life that is holy before the Lord. The book of Numbers, in my opinion, is a dictionary that is married to the books of Leviticus and Deuteronomy. It's in Leviticus that God tells the priests how to live, and it's in Deuteronomy that God tells the people how to live, and when we see here in Numbers, it is defined. There is a common theme that runs throughout the the books throughout Leviticus and Deuteronomy. Some might say it's government, and while you say that, you might be correct, because government is definitely throughout these three books. Some might say holiness because it is repeated throughout the book of Leviticus, be holy for I am holy. And so again, you would be correct in your, assum- in your assumption that this thread is holiness, but there is another thread here and it is actually at the core of holiness. It's at the core of government, and it's defining things that are clean and unclean. And so as the Bible walks through these books, it begins to tell the priest and how to tell God's people what is clean and what is unclean. That's really hard for us to understand because of our Americanized generation and our Western world of thinking. We think of something being clean or unclean being identified or being defined by an LED bulb. If it's on, the dishes are clean. If it's on, the clothes are clean. You see that little green light? That means it's time for you to pull out of the car wash because your car is clean. Thank you for helping me. So it's a little bit more difficult for us to understand that the Bible's really talking about because even in our most vile thoughts of uncleanliness, we think of uncleanliness as leaving dishes in the sink after supper last night. We think of someone with a stain on their shirt or grass stains on their knees or grease on their hands from work. Or even in our most gruesome details of septic and gore cannot begin to, to describe what the Bible's de- definition of clean, uncleanliness was. 
No matter how nasty you think it is, it doesn't even scratch the surface what the Bible would consider this uncleanliness. Most of us that have any kind of theological understanding, if you understand the Bible at all, you would understand what would, was happening right here. God was separating things that could start this dreaded disease called leprosy. The grime, the smell, the rotten flesh. I'm not trying to be gory this afternoon, but literally your body parts would rot off because of this unclean disease. So we see throughout the Bible, throughout these Old Testament books, throughout the books of law, we find out that God gives us instruction on how to deal with this disease called leprosy. He deals with it in Leviticus chapter 13 exclusively, and you can read it about it through the Bible to be found with leprosy is the one of the worst things that anyone could tell you. Not only is your body going to ache and pain, but your body parts are going to fall off of you. But you're going to be cut away from everybody. You can't live with your, fer- your friends. You can't live with your family. You've got to go and live by yourself. So we find out dealing with leprosy as God identifies through Leviticus and through Numbers how to identify leprosy. And so it was at the discretion of the high priest that he would decide what was clean and what was unclean. It was the priest's decision if you had to live alone or you got to live with your family. The Bible tells us that there are some cases that they weren't sure about. So they would send the man or a woman out to live seven days again from everybody. Then they could come back to the priest and he would tell them if they're clean or unclean. There were still some cases that they had to ask other priests to come and ask and see if this was leprosy. If you were to go to battle, you were instructed to not touch the body because that's where leprosy lives. The reason why God told them not to touch the body because he didn't want you to have to deal with this leprosy in your life. And now I don't want you to have to walk the walk of shame and walk away from your friends and walk away from your family. Once you get it, you can't get rid of it. In uh, Matthew chapter 8, we see that there is a new category that designed it's clean. It's not clean. It's not unclean, if you could put, oh, they already have it up there. It says in uh, Matthew 8, verses 1 through 3, it says, When Jesus came down from the mountain, a great multitude followed him. And behold, there came a leper worshiping him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. Then Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And now all of a sudden there is a group that, that's not, that hasn't been there for a while that nobody knew about. It's not clean. It's not unclean. But there's a group of people that has hope to understand that there will be a day that I can come out of my present situation. This group of people had been standing in the shadows. They were expecting nothing but death, expected to die away from their family. But when they meet the man named Jesus, when they came in contact with the master, they had this dreaded disease, but just one simple question was asked, would you touch me? Everything started to to change. Can I preach to this body today? 
You feel as if you accepted defeat as your fatality, and there is no way out. You are diseased in your body because what has happened to you? But can I preach to you on this Sunday afternoon that one touch from the master's hand, that one chance to talk to him, that one altar call, that one thank you, Jesus, that one God forgive me, that one day you lift your hands and surrender it all to him, your leprosy can be clean. The devil has probably tricked you. The devil has probably tricked you that it is final. But I don't care what the devil says It's not final until my God says it's final. I'm preaching to someone in this room. Your daddy may have been an alcoholic. Your mommy has been an probably been an alcoholic. And so the devil has convinced you that's what you're going to be because that's who your daddy or mom was going to be. I don't think you guys heard me. Your dad may have been an alcoholic. And so the devil has convinced you that that's who you were going to be because that's what your daddy was. Can I tell you that's not final until God says it's final. If you have one touch from the master's hand, somebody in here today, you've been addicted. You've been abused. And you're thinking it's over, but can I preach to you, to this body of believers, when you get in touch with Jesus Christ, he will make you clean. He will make you clean. Come on. When you get in touch with the master, he will make you clean. He will make it clean. We live in a world that is so dirty and a sense of abuse. It's dirty in a sense of racism. It's dirty. Come on. We've seen where racism and abuse has called people to come against each other. What our world needs right now is a church that will stand up and say, it doesn't matter if you've been abused. We want you to come with us to church. God doesn't care if you're white, black, pink, blue, or orange. We're all precious in his sight. God loves all the little children. This is off topic, but God loves your child. God wants you to bring your child to church. You see all this transgenderism and men wanting to be in women's sports. I'm going to tell you that what my Bible said, God created man and woman. God created man and woman. Created he, him, man and woman. God wants you to bring your child to church so they can know the truth. He wants you to come to Jesus. What's going on in this world is not what's going on in here. Pastor and I was... While the ladies were at a ladies' conference, we were listening to uh, Matthew Tuttle preach a conference in Odessa, Texas, and his title was Spinning Out of Control. Who knows that this world is, the title was Spinning in Control. Who knows that the world out there is spinning out of control, but the church is always spinning in control. The church is always spinning in control. We've met the man that can heal your abuse, your mind. We've met the man that can heal racism in this dirty world. If you can get introduced to this man named Jesus, everything is going to change. If you understand why the way we, why we act the way we do, what you need to know is that the people in this place were once bound. They were once addicted. They were once hopeless. 
They were once hopeless. But one day Jesus died on the cross and he stepped into our tomb and he rolled the stone away and he paid the price for me and for you. If you stay in the mindset that I'm going to die with leprosy, that is your fault because I'm telling you, you're in a place that pastor preach preaches on a daily basis, hope, healing, miracle signs and wonders. You can come out of the junk of this world, it's what the world is trying to pull you into. You can come out of the struggle, you can come up out of the abuse. Just because mama and daddy were like that doesn't mean you have to act like that. Your structure has been damaged, but let me tell you that you can be healed with one touch. If Paul was here, not Paul Runyon, see his bald head right there, raising his hand. But if you, if Paul was here, he would ask, if we would ask him, how did he make the switch? How did, how did he change? How did his world uh, was spinning out of control and He would tell us this in Acts chapter 13 and verse 9. He said, it reads like this. Then Saul, who was also called Paul, filled with the Holy Ghost. Filled with the Holy Ghost. Set his eyes on him, understanding that he is facing things that are ungodly, things that are unclean. He's facing things that by our standards should take him out and kill him. But Saul made the switch from Saul to Paul by being filled with the Holy Ghost. Pastor, I hope this is all right, but you want to know what you're going, you want to know how you can get out of this chaotic world, this chaotic cycle, it's the Holy Ghost. That Holy Ghost can change your life. I'm going to tell you, on my own, Caleb Schultz can't do it, but me and the Holy Ghost can do anything. Can we lift our hands in this place and let's give God a great shout? The Holy Ghost can heal you. The Holy Ghost can heal your emotion. Hear me, I'm saying your emotions were damaged. People walked out on you. You're hurt, and it hurts, but the Holy Ghost. Come on. The Holy Ghost can heal you. As pastor gets ready, in Numbers 19, verse 18, if we were to stop in verse 16, where we stopped today, it looks pretty bad because... He said, if any man dies in the tent and their water pots are open, it's unclean and don't touch it. But you see, he said with every temptation, he'll always make a new escape. He said, if a man dies in a tent, that a clean person shall take up hyssop and dip it in the water and sprinkle it upon the tent and upon all the vessels and the persons that were there and upon him that touched a bone, and one slain, or one dead, or grave. Now understand that hyssop is an important part in the Old Testament because it was used for as an applicator. But you'll go and find when the children of Israel uh, leave in Exodus that on the Passover they were to take a lamb and they were to kill that lamb and take his blood and they were to take hyssop and dip it in the uh, blood and put it over the doorpost. Y'all know that story. We heard it 
millions of times. You see here, hyssop were here applying water, and you see hyssop applying blood. Now, it just so happens that there are only two places in the Bible that speaks about hyssop. One, it's reference to Moses using hyssop, but the other one is at the death of Jesus Christ. The Bible says that they took hyssop and offered it, offered him up a gall, and from him, where they struck him in the side, there came forth blood and water. So what was just formality in the Old Testament, Old Testament became spirituality in the New Testament. The high priest showed up. The high priest started working. For we not have a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted, like as we are yet without sin. I'm telling you, if you're here today and you feel lost and you feel broken, you can find yourself at the altar and God can bring you joy. He can bring you peace. He can't... You can't find it anywhere else, but you can be made clean. You don't have to leave here broken and wounded. Cool thing about coming to Jesus, you don't have to have it all together. All you have to do is surrender. If you have leprosy, the doctor is in the room. The one that created you from the dust of the earth is here to restore you, to make you clean. God bless you. don't just serve the God of the clean. We serve the God of the unclean. Praise the Lord. He loves to make the unclean clean. Stand with me for just a moment in honor of the word of the Lord. We'll put the text up on the screen for you today. Turn your attention to the book of 1 Kings, the 8th chapter, the 22nd verse. We're going to read just two quick passages of scripture, verse 22 and verse 23. Amen. When you're there, shout out yes. Amen. The word of the Lord says, And Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in the presence of all of the congregation of Israel. And he spread forth his hands towards heaven. And he said, Lord God of Israel, there's no God like thee. I'm going to say that one more time just because it felt good. There's no God like thee. Amen. In heaven above or earth beneath who keepest covenant and mercy with thy servants that walk before thee with all their heart. Amen. For just a few quick moments today, I want to talk to you on this topic. There's no God like our God. If you believe that, would you lay your Bibles down in your seat? Would you lift your praise unto the Lord for a moment? Come on, let's lift him up for just a moment. Let's love him. Let's adore him. Let's exalt him. Come on, because there's one thing that I've learned. If you want God to come into your situation, there's only one thing you got to do. That's you got to praise him. And when you start praising, he starts inhabiting. I wonder if somebody would invite God into their situation today. Praise the Lord. Because when we praise, he inhabits. Amen. When we praise, 
he inhabits. Amen. I want to talk to you for just a moment today. There's no God like our God. The Lord bless you. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. The Buddhist in Thailand purchased a little square piece of golden leaf paper. They line up for hours to worship a golden statue of Buddha. Brother uh, Carl and Sister Kim, their eldest son, I don't know how he got that nickname, but for some reason he, he got a nickname Buddha one time. These folks line up, and they purchase this little piece of paper, and they line up, and they stand outside for hours. I heard a preacher preach on it one time how they would climb the steps of the temple. Elderly folks, exhorting everything within them, all that they had to try to climb just to get to the statue. Amen. They, they do all of this for a statue that cannot see them. A statue that cannot hear them. A statue that cannot touch them. A statue that cannot change their life. I wonder how much more should the people, the saints of the living God, seek to touch him today. I wonder how much more should the saints of the living God seek the one whose hand is not short. The one whose ear is not deaf. The one who can come into their situation and change their life. The one who is not dead but is alive. Amen. The one who can touch you and your life, like Sister Hannah said a little bit ago, will never be the same. How many is thankful one day he touched you? Oh, he touched me. Come on, we used to sing that song. He touched me. He touched me. Oh, the joy that floods my soul. He touched me one day. Praise God. I'm glad that we're serving a God today that can touch us. Amen. Hebrews 4 says, We have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. I wish somebody would turn to their neighbor right now and say, There's no God like our God. Come on, there's no God like our God. The psalmist said in Psalms 103, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Oh, come on, we who forgiveth all our iniquities, who healeth all our diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. Why? Because there's no God like our God. Come on, there's no God like our God. People are searching all over. People searching the bottom of a bottle. People searching the end of a joint. People searching the bottom of a pill bottle. But I come to tell you today, there's no God like our God. People's climbing steps of a temple. People's buying golden leaf paper. But I come to tell you today, there's no God like our God. Nobody can touch you like Jesus can. Nobody can turn your life around like Jesus can. Nobody can make you whole like Jesus Jesus came today. Oh, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. There's no God like our God today. I wish the people of God would make up in their mind. They're not going to follow after false idols. They're not going to follow after false doctrine. But they're going to worship the one true living God today. There's no God like our God today. There's no God like our God today. I was thinking this morning as I got up early to study for a while, 
about the ten plagues that the Lord sent into Egypt. Amen. And the Bible talks about when the Lord sent uh, the ten plagues into Egypt. Amen. When Pharaoh refused to let God's people go. Can I tell this church body today that this was not just some random act of God's anger. Come on. This was not just God getting even with Pharaoh. This was not just God causing Pharaoh to let his people go. But let me tell you something. Every plague was designed to destroy the worship of another God. Because there's no God like our God. And our God is a jealous God. And our God is a merciful God. And our God is a loving God. And our God is a gracious God. And our God knows who we are today. And there's no God like our God. Each plague was designed to destroy the worship of another God. The turning of the Nile into blood was to destroy the worship of happy the God of the Nile River. The plague of the frogs was an attack on the female deity with a frog's head named Heka. The Egyptians worshipped a God named Seb who thought that, that, that this God gave them the black fertile soil of the Nile ground. So God sent the dust of the earth and he gave it a plague of lice. The fourth plague of flies was to destroy the worship of the god of the air named Shu. The fifth plague was against the Egyptians' livestock aimed at their worship of their oxen. The sixth plague was for the boils, and it was a challenge to the practice of human sacrifice to the god Sutek and Typhon. The seventh plague, the hail, the thunder, and the lightning, the man, the beast, the herb, and the tree were smitten as a challenge to Neat, who the Egyptians called the mother, queen, God of the highest in heaven. The eighth plague, the locust eating every tree, attacked the prize of Egypt. How many know they worship those trees? Come on, how many know they worship those trees? Amen. Smiting all the trees in Egypt was a way of God executing his judgment. Amen. The ninth plague, imperable darkness. Come on, was a challenge to their chief idol, Ra, the, the sun god. The tenth, the smiting of the, of the firstborn of man and beast. Come on, the Lord said, against all the gods of Egypt, in the book of Exodus, the twelfth chapter and the twelfth verse, the Lord said, against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. Every town, every village, had its own sacred animal, whether it was a frog, whether it was a ram, whether it was a cow, whether it was an ox, whether it was any type of animal, each one had their own God. Let me tell you something. After God sent all of these plagues upon Egypt, and after that Pharaoh and all of Egypt were distressed because of the plagues, Pharaoh sent for the man of God. Pharaoh sent for Moses and listen, he asked Moses that he would entreat the Lord for their deliverance from these plagues. Moses said unto Pharaoh, shall I entreat God for thee? Shall I entreat God for thee that thou and thy servants and all thy people would be delivered? And you know what Moses did? Moses prayed just like Pharaoh requested him to do. 
And he asked God. And right there, right then, as Moses was about to leave Pharaoh, he said, let me tell you something, sir. When all this is over, you will know that there is none like unto our God. (laughs) You will know there is none like unto our God. Oh, to God that the church would understand today that we are serving the one and the only true living God today. He has a name that's above every name. He's been given all power, both in heaven and in earth today. There's no God like our God today. There's no God like our God today. Amen. Our God holds all power. He has the power to deliver. Come on, some have told you today. He has the power to set free. He has the power to heal sick and and disease today. Come on, he has the power to save to the uttermost. He has the power to shower you with blessings today, to turn the impossible into the possible today, to bring victory in the face of any adversary. There is no God like our God. There is no God like our God today. Stand with me as the musicians come. Shortest sermon I ever preached in this church. Y'all be proud of me today. I know what you was thinking. I already felt it in my spirit. See, I got up and they're thinking, oh, my Lord, this guy's going to preach for an hour after Caleb done preached. See, I already knew. Shortest sermon I ever preached in this church. I'm thankful today that we know who our God is. He's not some female deity with the head of a frog. We aren't sacrificing at an altar of an unknown God. We know who our God is. He has a name that's given. He has a name that's been revealed. He has a name that is all-inclusive. He, come on. He has a name today that can set the captive free. He has a name today, come on, that can turn your life around today. There's no God like unto our God today. There may be someone here today that once had a blessed fellowship with the Lord, and somewhere along the way, maybe you... Got away from that. Maybe you got hurt. Maybe you got disappointed. Maybe you just simply allowed him to slip down your list of priorities. Maybe somewhere along the way, church just wasn't as important as it used to be. Maybe somewhere along the way, duty replaced desire. And you felt that you were serving God out of obligation instead of realizing that there's no God like him. Maybe something happened along the way and you lost your way with God. Maybe you got disappointed. Maybe somebody let you down. Maybe you just simply took your eyes off of him. My prayer is today that the Lord would stir up the gift of God that's in you. My prayer is today you'd feel his presence again. You'd feel his presence again. You'd feel his embrace again. I was talking with Sister Lucinda this morning before church, and we were talking 
I believe Brother Paul may have mentioned this one time in this church. They did a study on people, on Pentecostal people as they spake in tongues. And they fully expected there was a certain part of their brain that would light up. But that was not the part that lit up. The part that lit up was the part that lights up when you hug somebody or you love somebody or you embrace somebody. You see, when the Lord fills you with his spirit, he's embracing you. He's loving you. He's returning you to what you were created to do because there's no God like our God. He's not a God that can't hear you today. Brother Donnie hears your prayers today. Oh, there's no God like our God today. He loves us enough to give himself for us. And out of all the attributes of the God that we serve, out of all the attributes that we have talked about today, Caleb was talking about how he can take the unclean and make it clean. Cornelius or Peter learned this lesson very well. As the Lord commanded him to preach to the Gentile people. But out of all the attributes of the God that we serve today and all the attributes that we have talked about today, one rises above the rest. We serve a God today that has the ability to forgive you and to wash your sins away. No other God can redeem you with his precious blood. There's no God like our God today. He has the ability to forgive you regardless of what you have done, regardless of how short you have come, regardless of how many mistakes you have made today. The Lord wants to make you clean. The Lord wants to restore you today. The Lord wants to wash away your sins today. Our God has the ability to make you a new creature in Christ Jesus. A new creature in Christ Jesus. He can give you a new beginning today, church. He can give you a fresh start today. Old things passed away. Come on, behold, all things are made new in the presence of our God today. There's no God like our God For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. There's no God like our God today. The Apostle John wrote, if we confess our sins, come on. We was talking this morning about the pattern for salvation. The first step of the plan of salvation is to repent. If we confess our sins, if we're willing to turn away and walk away from what God has told us we need to get away from, if we're willing to repent today, if we confess our sins, God is faithful and God is just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He's the God of the clean and of the unclean. And if you choose to make your bed in hell, he's going to be right there. He's going to be right there. But my prayer is today that you won't choose that path, that you won't choose that way, but you'll realize there's no God like our God today. As we sing this song, these altars are open. I know it's been an extended service today.
but I want you to know right now in this moment the Lord could change your circumstance right now in this moment the Lord can return you to the body of Christ he can make you whole again he can forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness today would you come as we sing this song unto the Lord today